Hey there, folks. Before we get into this week's podcast, I want to let you know about the Black Bear Diner Benefit event for Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking happening Tuesday, April 24th. Help us break the chains of human trafficking in our community by enjoying a great meal at Black Bear Diner in Federal Way. 15% of the day's proceeds will benefit Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking. In addition to helping raise awareness about this issue in our community, FedCat representatives, including Lucky and myself and some of our friends, will be there as well to provide information and to register folks for the 6th annual Break the Chains 5K Awareness Walk right there on site for those interested. And again, the Break the Chains Walk is happening on Saturday, May 19th, so there's still plenty of time to register if you can't make it out to Black Bear Diner on Tuesday. For more information, check out the Facebook event page. I'll have a link in the show notes as well as the events section of Mike Seibert Radio Facebook, or you can just visit the FedCat website, fwcat.org. Now on today's show, I just want to give you a heads up that we forgot to give any kind of spoiler warnings as we got into our conversations about the movies we're covering. So you can consider this your fair language and spoiler warning from this week's guest co-host killing spree fucking spoilers <laughs> do that one more time that was awesome fucking spoilers mike cyber radio is an independent podcast the views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been am now or will be affiliated with enjoy the show Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. This is the podcast radio show that isn't talking about the Avengers this week. <laughs> uh, what's up? My name is Mike. I am your host. And we are here back in the studios of 89.9 KGRG-FM for double episode week. And that means it's the return of guest co-host, the Dark One himself. Please give it up for Killing Spree. Thank you. Thank you very much. I guess it's movie season, so we're going to get just a lot of rapid-fire episodes with me, like last year. It, pretty much. <laughs> well, and, and we were we were talking before. It's like, well, do we want to do an episode before Avengers or after Avengers? And I, oh. I was of the mind that if we didn't get in before Avengers, everything else is just going to kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah, Avengers is the, the big thing, at least in this part of the year so absolutely yeah all the other movies they're they're not as big a deal true or or at least the way they're being marketed yeah well and and a lot of the movies that we're going to talk about today are you know ones that you know have either come and gone or fallen uh by the wayside or whatever but uh definitely stuff that we uh uh just kind of wanted to touch on we're um we're going to spend the uh majority of this particular episode talking about death wish 
uh, which uh, uh, came out back in, what, February or something like that? It, I think so. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, uh, we're also going to uh, touch briefly on uh, Black Panther, and my man Killing Spree uh, had the occasion to, to see Wonder Woman, and I think he's got a thing or two uh, he wants to say about that. And then that will um, that will propel us into our second episode, because it is a double episode week. Uh, we're going to get our monster talk on, and we are going to be talking um, about uh, Rampage, which is the, the most recent movie that came out that we want to talk about. But then we also want to take a step back and talk about Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, and yeah, just, uh, just have a big old monster mash and, you know, maybe talk about, uh, you know, some of the, um, uh, other stuff that might be coming around. Some uh, other creature features. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I mean the creature movies, they're back. I mean, and, and I think it's, uh, I, I think it's really cool. Um, but I think before we, uh, uh, go forward into a lot of the uh, the main topics, the meat of things, I, I think we have to uh, uh, walk something back and take uh, take care of a little bit of business because we uh, we uh, um, uh, you found something um, and I've uh, I got a sounder for this. We're going to call this a, a new segment called Back the Truck Up. So, uh, so last year we uh, we talked a, a whole lot of crap about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. That's and- put in mildly. <laughs> Well, that, you know, that's fair, because considering we spent uh, three hours... Yeah, we talked more about how much we disliked this movie and everything wrong with it than the actual length of the movie. That's true, you know, uh, and I think I said this at the time, it probably would have been a good opportunity for us to just cap it off at the actual runtime of the movie. So. No, we just kept going. <laughs> well, I mean, because there, there's so much there. There's, uh, and it, it's interesting as time passes because now obviously we're several months away from the initial release and yeah it's been out on dvd for like what a month or two something like that so i i don't really know if any of my my hot takes have really cooled like uh you know i i remember we talked about this um a handful of episodes ago where i had seen it a second time i had seen it in the theater yeah this was the uh the oscar episode oh that's right um where where you had two right hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> because of my bad photoshopping but uh but basically i i had seen it a second time and i still haven't seen it since so i've seen last jedi twice oh, you and- haven't you haven't uh, sprung the money and bought it or no. bought it no Botten it. <laughs> no, botten it. Yeah, <laughs> many botanets died to bring us this this uh, information. But yeah, no, I I don't own it. I haven't watched it on video since. Um, I may get around to it at some point, maybe. Okay. Uh, because because well, I hear some of the special features are pretty decent. Like well, I, I guess there's like a decent making of documentary that's okay. Well, I guess there's a deleted scene where that shouldn't have been deleted, where we saw at least Luke mourning the death of Han. Yeah, that's right. Which I, I and I remember we were talking a while ago where like that was I thought what we had been told was that that scene wasn't in the movie but was going to be put into the novelization. And Something I, like that. and I remember being all super pissed about that because it's like and, and come to find out it actually was in the movie after all. And so that's that 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 just that just conjures up all kinds of bad feelings I have towards uh, director Ryan Johnson and kind of that movie in general. There's, there's, there's still quite a bit that I'm still kind of mad about. Um, but 
the the thing that that we want to talk about here is uh, one of one of our biggest points of contention is uh, the 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 dice these but- these stupid jangly golden dice that uh, um, that that Luke hands hologram Luke spoilers um, hands to uh, uh, Leia at the end of the movie. Yes, uh, it- we we thought they just made them up. Yeah, turns out we were dead wrong. Yeah, like like super wrong, and uh, um, so you had found so so how how did you come across this originally? I, I was going through a, a a forum, and one one of the uh, topics was uh, Star Wars, and I was just kind of browsing through, seeing this, seeing what's new, that kind of stuff, and one of them brought up like the dice, yeah, and that they were in uh, the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Wait, what? Really?" <laughs> so I I uh, popped up my despecialized edition of Star Wars because I refused to buy any current versions of it. Right. And well, I and I and I fast forward to the. Uh, I found them after the the whole uh, what a piece of junk scene. Okay. Where Chewie's just walking into the cockpit and and, he, and he's prepping the ship. Mm-hmm. You see the dice. He, his his head bumps into them. That's crazy. And, okay, so you found that, and uh, you sent it to me in a tweet, and I, ju- I just lost my damn mind because it's like – and then I – so I, I do uh, – I asked Dr. Google. I did a Google search for Millennium Falcon Dice, and I found a screenshot um, sometime later in the movie where everybody's in the cockpit. It must have been right before they, they um, uh, got caught in the tractor beam on the way to the Death Star – and sure as shit, you can see those jangly dice of like right above Obi Wan Kenobi's head. They're one. It's not like they uh, the camera focuses on the dice. They're right. really high up on the top of the screens, and and that's it's not what you're focused on. You're focused on the characters when you're watching the movie, obviously. Right. So it's it's like a uh, you only notice it if you're kind of looking at everything. Yeah. Well, and it kind of blends in with all like the that, that too, you know, all all like the 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 switches and diodes and and buttons and lights and all that stuff. It, it's a weird little detail, but here it is though. In forty years of that movie, you know, neither one of us had noticed that before, and it's it's yeah, it was uh, it was an Easter egg. Totally, and and it was weird because like uh, that same day that you that you and I were corresponding about that, I uh, I was chatting with uh, my boss who is also you know pretty huge into uh, Star Wars and has uh, surprisingly similar feelings to to what we have. But I I was like, hey hey, I gotta show you this. I mean, I almost like grabbed him by the arm and took him to like the nearest computer to bring up that image. And he's like. Yeah, I saw something about that. I saw like like Gizmodo had something on that or or some such, which was news to me. But yeah, it was it still kind of blew my mind. And the thing that he and I uh, touched on briefly is, um, it is obviously an incidental detail, but I I can't reconcile whether that's a cool detail where you know the filmmakers go back and find something that's so super deep cuts, uh, because I mean the thing that that we were pissed off about is that it was so arbitrary. Turns out not as arbitrary as as we uh, were think obscure to be sure, but well, maybe not arbitrary. What what well, do you think about that? I guess. It'd be the same as those uh, some of those references that you see in the the Marvel movies that only 
the, uh, the comic book readers would know. Sure, okay. Or like how some of the references in uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, you had to have seen the movie to yeah. know those references. Like uh, like Caesar's mom being named Bright Eyes. Like that was the mm-hmm. nickname Charleston Heston's character had. Right. But so I guess as a diehard fan, that would be cool, but I'm a casual. So again, I totally missed it. I didn't think to look uh, at the top of the screen while something else was going on. Yeah, well, and and the thing, I mean, it, it's it's twofold. I mean, as as the the more diehard of the of the two of us, I'm I'm kind of kicking myself. It's like I I never saw that, and and so on one hand, kudos to Ryan Johnson for digging up something so obscure, and for deep cuts, that's kind of cool. But I think I still stand by my same opinion before that you know you're you're. Um, fetishizing something that really was not all that important. Well, since you brought that up or went to that point, mm-hmm. I think it would have been a bit more uh, significant if it was something a little more iconic, right? With Han Solo, like like his blaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying to like retroactively make this an iconic item, and it never really was. Turns out it's a legitimate Easter egg, but that that doesn't make it an iconic item, and that doesn't make it a reason to make an entire movie to explain why it's so, you know, so freaking iconic. Because, like, when, when I was doing this image search, and and I don't know if this was uh, legitimate or not, I didn't I didn't do my due journalistic uh, uh, diligence and, you know, check three credible sources to, to verify it, but I think, like, there's a scene in the trailer for Solo where he's driving around in a speeder with the, the, the female leader character and the dice are kind of like seen dangling from like what would be like the rear view mirror thing i'd have to look because i if it's there i missed it <laughs> i i saw it just as 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 a as a cursory glance and again it could have been photoshopped i i don't really know but that that kind of uh transitions uh, a little bit oh go ahead well I, I heard the fear well this is a fan theory so take take it what you will that Christ. those dice are that's the dice he used to win the Millennium Falcon or something. That wouldn't surprise me, and that is really stupid. <laughs> well, I, my hope is that it's a prize that Han wins for beating uh, this new character. What's his name? <laughs> Ferrum Scissor Punch. I hope he, win, he, he gets those dice as a prize for beating Scissor Punch in a boxing match. <laughs> yeah so so yeah let's talk about that a little bit like i know i know so like uh when we talked about last jedi uh back at christmas time uh we were we were kind of lukewarm about solo in fact i even said kind of morosely that i don't know if i'm gonna go or not yeah i said if, if i see it it's just gonna be the make fun of it like i did with uh, uh justice league <laughs> that's probably gonna be the case you know what and and it's interesting though because I, they now at this point now that the movie's going to be out Memorial Weekend and it's coming soon they just keep throwing trailers at us it's like you know it's like now I can't get away from it on my TV and it seems like they're just throwing more and more scenes and footage well they got they got to catch up cuz most movies would put out would have put out trailers like 6 months ago right Right. Um, maybe maybe uh, movies that, you know, have enough rendered footage to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. This movie is in trouble. Um, but, I, you know, I think 
I think now that I've kind of mellowed from the, you know, post Last Jedi hot takes thing, you know, I, I'm going to go. I mean, it looks it looks fine enough. I mean, I think some of the creatures look cool um, and all that. But, you know, every time that I think I'm going to be on board with this, you share with me that, that there's a character called Scissor Punch. And that's and that that's that's just stupid city, man. Well, it's par of course for Star Wars because. Star Wars has plenty of characters with really stupid names. It's true. And they're, and they're all obscure characters that would only have a name because of a toy. Well, see, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's it's almost like kind of, I, I, I don't know if it's lazy writing or a clumsy callback or whatever, but like, you know, like the original, uh, you know, 80s action figures, they all had, you know, they, they, they didn't have names. They was like prune face, squid face, snaggletooth. Scissor punch, you know, it's like it sounds like a bad Kenner action figure and comes out that this this is like this is this dude's name. And as you just as you just shared with me on the Internet, not only is this dude's name Scissor Punch, but that's like his his family name, his surname. Yeah. He's like he's like it, it, well, it, and for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Scissor Punch is basically a giant lobster. <laughs> He's got claw, uh, lobster hands. <laughs> He's got lobster hands. Well, of course he does. He's scissor punch. That's even more on the nose. I mean, well, I mean, again, like, you know, the original uh, Return of the Jedi action figure was, you know, it had somebody called Skier Face, and he had, like, tentacles coming out of his coming out of his head. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if Admiral Akbar didn't actually have a name, they probably would have just called him, like, Lobster Guy or something. <laughs> Admiral Lobster. Uh, frozen Lobster now. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, no, and 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 what the, this dude has a first name too. I yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. It's uh, T H E R M. So I don't know if that's supposed to be Therum or something else. Either way, it's really stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's a stupid name, and it kind of reminds me. You know, we we were talking a little bit before we got going here, but like there there was that dude in uh, 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 Attack of the Clones, the drug dealer. Yeah, he's like, wanna buy some death sticks? <laughs> yeah, he has a name, and it's something stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like like uh, Sleaze Baggio or something like that. But but he's got a first name too. It's like Elon Sleaze Baggio or something, or Sleaze Baggins or 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 some stupid stuff like that. I mean. So, I don't know what that says. See, and it, it, much like with the dice in Last Jedi, I oh. don't. I oh, you got breaking news. I found the name. Okay, Ellen Sleesbagano. God damn it! That's so <laughs> dumb. That's so dumb. I just, I, I don't, I, I, I just, I, I can't with that. <laughs> Please Bagano. I mean, Sleaze Baggins actually sounds kind of better, I think. But, but no, I, I, I wonder if there, if, if it is like a weird, accidental callback. If it is some kind of tribute to, you know, some of these stupid character names that they're continuing with stupid uh, character names. I, this, I, I, I would know. have to imagine it's a running gag. Could be, and and does that make it better or worse? Well, I, I, I can't figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably fun for everybody on the production team. Maybe, yeah. I I don't know. It's it is uh it's just weird. So so you're gonna go see 
uh, a solo a, a Star Wars movie story anthology thing? I probably will. Okay, very good. I I'm gonna go. So we'll... if Scissor Punch doesn't punch anybody, worst Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you just get up. It's like what are we doing? And you just just leave all all indignant about it. <laughs> well, 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 also. We've yeah. we've done reviews for all the other Disney Star Wars movies so it's far, true. so we might as well. Yeah, and I think we we have to kind of uh, keep up the tradition, I suppose. But because yeah, it's going to be another year, uh, year and a half or about yeah. till uh, episode nine. I w- I would imagine because yeah, it wouldn't be this year because Solo is th- and you know I don't even know if production has started on episode nine. I don't I, I don't I really have no idea. And and really, who could care? <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're probably still trying to figure out how to write themselves out of all the 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 plot holes and corners that they put themselves in. Um, but, Flash forward thirty years—that's probably what's going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean that—that's still my theory. I mean, I think that's the only way you can get around the Carrie Fisher problem is is if you have a sizable enough time jump to where she is just peacefully passed away in the inter- And it sucks. It yeah. sucks. I'm not saying I want that. I don't. That's not satisfying. It's the only way to do it without but, having a CGI Leia. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't, I I think that would be the last straw. If we're doing CGI Leia, I I think the, I I think the rivers will run red with the blood of the geeks because I I just I I don't I don't think we'd stand for it. Yeah, because that that's just too much. I mean, like you know, CG Leia at the end of Rogue One is one thing. Um, yeah, because Carrie was still alive. Exactly, and you know, and and it was fine. It was cute. It was, you know, I mean, it it was what it was. It certainly wasn't egregious like the like the Tarkin thing. So, I it it was more like a young Arnold in uh, not the fourth or it, not the fifth Terminator, the fourth one uh, uh, with Christian Bale. Oh, okay. Because you know they do that same shit in in that Genesis movie too. Well, that that's why I wasn't referring to that. Oh, one. I got you. That movie didn't happen. Gotcha. No, it happened. It, I just ignore it. Yeah, but but you're absolutely right because like that, you know, uh CG Arnold shows up very briefly just enough to where you see his face and then and then he's like a skeleton. Yeah, and some, they, some then they cool they do the cool dun 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 dun. Yeah. And yeah, I mean not to distract us too much, but that was like the one part of that movie I'm like I'm kind of okay with this right yeah. now. Nothing else in this movie. It's hot garbage, but uh um but you know with uh, uh turning it back to Solo, I I um, I might be by myself on this, but I wish this was a Lando movie. Just, just call it Lando a a solo story because I mean we're we're not getting Billy D. Williams in any of these movies for whatever reason, and I don't know. I just you know I've talked about this in previous episodes, but I'm ju- I'm just a, such a huge fan of Donald Glover, and I'm really excited to see what he does with Lando. To where I I just want to see that. Well, considering Disney wants to do the yearly. Star Wars thing, and we're getting another trilogy. Oh, it might happen. Oh my god, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, that that might be. It's like, be careful what you wish for. You just might it, get it. Exactly. Oh my god, and you know you're getting what you deserve, nerd. No doubt. Oh man, and, <laughs> and what if we get like you know like a trilogy of like Bubba Fett movies or some such like that? And and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a huge Fett head. I mean, I. I still, even now, actively collect, like, Boba Fett stuff. Like, they put out, like, little Hot Wheels cars and stuff, and they had a Boba Fett truck. I got it, and it's kind of neat. But, uh, but yeah, I don't need a trilogy of Boba Fett movies. I just, I, I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and I don't think anybody does. 
Um, and in fact, I thought I've been pretty good during the, kind of this Disney era because not once have I said, you know what, it'd be cool if Boba Fett shows up here. I, I've, I've not allowed myself to really think that because I, I don't need it. Well, I'm, yeah, they're going to have to explain how he got out of the uh, whatever pit. Oh well, there, there you go. That that's what you do in in your in your new trilogy of Bubba Fett movies. <laughs> just I just, oh man, we we've uh, we've dwelled on this uh, way too long. Let's uh let's uh let's transition to other stuff. So um uh, Black Panther is obviously still a huge movie. I don't know if it's still in the theaters well, or not, but um, well, is it still huge? Because nobody really talks about it anymore. That's well, and it's interesting because I think it's kind of getting. Um, I mean, it, it made its money. That's for oh, sure. it did, yeah, and and I think it's that Infinity War wave that you know, like we talked about at the top of the show here, that it's you know anything before is just kind of getting washed away. So I think Black Panther is at this point of this recording, you know, it's it had its time in the sun. Yeah, and I I don't I don't want to say forgotten about. That's not exactly the right word, but you're right. Nobody's talking about it anymore. It's not it's not the the cultural touchstone that it was when it hit because when it came out, it hit and it hit hard. Yeah. Um but you um uh, as as we were kind of planning, you uh, uh you wanted to talk about it uh briefly. You had a, Very yeah. briefly. I just had one question concerning uh Black oh, sure. Panther. Okay. But more more of the reaction that I've seen to it. Like mm-hmm. everybody's going, hashtag Wakanda forever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just <laughs> kind of curious. Why is everybody suddenly okay with an ethno state? You know, <laughs> think about it. Wakanda is an ethno state. Nobody that's not Wakandan is allowed to live there. Right. They've walled themselves off from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? And They're very isolationist. Exactly. So, well, and, and that's the thing. Now, it's like, uh, obviously, I'm just poking fun here. So before anybody gets mad at me, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say my my uh, um, uh, devoutly right wing friend killing spree. You know, um, oh, I'm I'm center right. Give me a break. I know, I know, but well, but see, uh, that that's a whole other thing, and we'll probably get into that more. But but no, you're you're absolutely right, and and I think a lot of people. Well, that's the thing, and. I think a lot of people are kind of missing the point. And I would say, and I, I've said this before, sometimes people understand it, other times maybe not, but uh, Black Panther is actually kind of like a surprisingly conservative movie also. Yeah. You know, because because of like, you know, perhaps some of the some of the values that, that you were um, uh, well, talking about there. But well, I saw this, uh, a, I don't know what issue it was, but okay. it was a Black Panther comic. And sure. It, and it was... Uh, T'Challa kind of sitting on. You don't see what he's sitting on, but he's he's just kind of rem, kind of just thinking about. Okay. Every, just the world, how he's running Wakanda, and mm-hmm. and he's just he's sitting on this big beautiful wall. <laughs> but but there's just a, there was a funny meme going around. It was oh, basically what sure. listen off a bunch some of the stuff I talked about that yeah to tie it into being a ethno state or whatever, and mm-hmm. it, and it's and it's a Photoshop image of Black Panther with a make. Wakanda great again hat. That that was you know, and I was I was I was hoping that's where you were going with that because I, I I've seen that meme a lot uh, going around, and it's one of those things where you know, and I don't want to you know drift too much into uh, you know Black Panther review stuff, but like you know, you listen to a lot of where Killmonger is coming from, 
And, you know, there, there's, I mean, and, and that's another thing, you know, you talk about the hashtag Wakanda forever. You, there was also a hashtag running around like, you know, Killmonger was right. You know, <laughs> I mean, you've seen that a lot, too. But it's oh. And, oh. And, and it is a lot of people kind of kind of maybe missing the point a little bit. Uh, I wish I had a we were uh, a video show because then I'd have some uh, some images to go along with this. But uh, every time I see somebody posting hashtag Wakanda forever, I, I think of a a. Uh, WWF gif. Okay. It's uh the nation of domination. Mm. They're running they're walk they're marching down the uh the rampway to the ring. Uh-huh. And they pan out to the audience and it's some white dude holding up his fist. Oh no. So that's just what I think. I think everybody yeah. that does that posts the hashtag is the white dude holding his fist up. It's like, okay, come on now. I like that. I like that. I, uh, you know, and, and I've personally used that, that hashtag a lot myself. And, you know, you might not be wrong, but just to explain uh, it, myself I, a little bit. No, it's just like I I look at it as just kind of like a, a rallying cry for kind of like the, the badassness of the movie. Because I, I liked it quite a bit. And, like, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, at, at the certain point where that's that's kind of, used pejoratively you know like in battle scenes you 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 know you kind of feel it it's like yeah man but yeah. but then yeah you you take a, a quarter step back and you kind of look at it a little more closely and it's like yeah think about what uh what we're, what we're talking about here people um, being silly on displaying how woke they are oh my god right <laughs> well see and that's that's the thing too it's uh um i i don't know how quote-unquote woke I consider myself because I, I remember you were teasing me at one point you were like how woke is your review going to be I'm like I, I I don't know but I just know that I kind of like the movie because that that was that was a lot of my angle is just you know looking at it at its merits of a Marvel movie I, I should, uh, just to make it clear I don't oh. hate this movie Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I was going to ask you I just, to clarify. I just uh, no, it's just for the sake of the audience. Mm. I, I thought it was okay, but I'm not big on comic book movies, so it's not really my uh, cup of tea. That's the thing, and, and it was entertaining. I, I won't take that away from it. it at least, uh, at least you're consistent, you know. Because yeah. I mean, like, I think I'm consistent in that like I'm always there for these Marvel movies, and I like them. I I've only seen it once, though. Yeah. Um. The, you know, the, the only thing I didn't like about it was the CGI. It gets ropey in spots. Yeah. The, the cat fight was horrible. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was a bit much. Also, I kind of wish that movie did a little more world building because it never ex it didn't expl unless I yeah. missed it. It didn't explain how the uh, what's the material called? vibranium vibranium. It doesn't explain. They never explained how it made Wakanda so advanced, like how it made them so uh, tech savvy. That's a good point because I mean basically like the it's it's you know it's kind of like a Marvel comic trope type of thing is like you know at what point does science become magic or magic become science thing in that like you know it's it's I, I think a lot of it is the the properties of vibranium and you know they even talk about like you know they they weave it into their clothes and they use it in their technology I think it's just basically is like a a um mostly as a power source i guess but 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 it's a i just don't understand how it that uh material mm. what what about it made people from wakanda more intelligent and whatnot yeah yeah well and and one of the things i'm just saying is, is, a, is a, an outsider that, that yeah. kind of world building helps 
I agree. Now, I do also think, though, that there's there's a line between um, doing too much of that to where well, like it, it could have just been like a simple like one liner in that yeah. opening uh, opening scene where they're kind of explaining the hist giving a brief history of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Well, because like, that's all I would have needed. I, I agree with you, and I think a little more explanation would uh, uh, would have helped. I, I guess when I was um, thinking about it just now, it was more to the point where, I mean, what the, the criticism I've heard of Black Panther is that it's kind of like, you know, a phase one origin movie. You know, not unlike Iron Man or The Incredible Hulk, where we're basically kind of like building the entire world kind of whole cloth. And I don't think it does that. I, I think... Um, one of the, I kind of like that we kind of get thrown in the deep end of uh, of this world here, and I think it would have gotten bogged down if it had more and more. Now, I I agree with you 100%. That that's the compromise. It's like you have like a line of dialogue or something that that kind of maybe explains it a little more clearly. I think that would have worked. Um, one thing, and uh, uh, with um, uh, something that didn't necessarily make it into the movie for whatever reason one of the reasons why Wakanda is so advanced in the comics is the gimmick of unlike other nations throughout the entire world uh, Wakanda has never been conquered by anybody okay so like every oppressing force has always been turned away and basically the the conceit is like because of that, you know, like, I mean, even like, um, you know, I mean, it, I guess it kind of works both ways because like they kind of use the slur colonizer in 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 uh, in the movie. But, yeah, the fact that they've never been conquered or colonized or anything like that, basically left to their own devices, continued kind of like an upward slope. It wasn't necessarily a reliance on vibranium. It was just basically, you know, uh, uh, repelling the world at large as a... Um, I don't know. That seems kind of weird, though, because the United States was colon or America was colonized, and we've became one of the most powerful nations on the planet. True. Um, and, you know, I, I can't necessarily argue that because that, that was, I, I don't know at what point that spoke was added to the wheel in, uh, in the comics. Um, I don't know if it was there from the sixties or if it was something that was, um, well, I mean, it had to have been in the last 20 years because that's, I mean, cause if it was more recent than that, I wouldn't be as familiar with it, right. but, but yeah, it was, it was, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of read it that way more than, uh, say, the again the reliance on on the vibranium infused technology. Okay. Um, in, in fact, actually, the way vibranium is is presented in in the comics, I think, and you know, please feel free and write me in and tell me I'm wrong, um, because I I don't have this rich history of Black Panther comics. I've always thought he was a cool character. And, you know, I've I've liked him in the Avengers and when, you know, he, he shows up in other things. But that doesn't mean I have like a full. In fact, actually, one of those uh, weird things is like I've picked up and put down Black Panther comics a number of times. And for some reason, I just can't quite seem to stick with it. It's like I don't know if it's that it's, quote unquote, not for me or whatever. But I've never really been able to really dive in. But there are some tangential things that I that I kind of know um enough to be able to kind of have a little bit of an inside leg uh going into the movie like there there were certain a lot a lot of visual references that i got like like for example like uh um killmonger's costume uh the villain is is very similar i mean that's out of the comics 
Like, you know, all of the versions of the Black Panther comics are kind of different versions of the Black Panther outfit that have appeared in comics over the years. So okay. they, so that, that was kind of their way to kind of pay uh, um, homage to... Uh, like with to uh, Iron Man 3 and all those uh, iron suits? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very, very similar to that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and I, I got so wrapped up in my, my uh, geek-splaining, my explanation, that I, I actually kind of forgot what we were talking about. Um, oh, yeah, so... The, we're... Talking briefly on my minor criticisms of Black Panther. That was basically it. Ah, gotcha. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was talking about the technology. It was like the the technology isn't necessarily um, in the comics. It's more presented as it is like, say, in like the Captain America movie where it's, you know, it's it's an indestructible metal. Okay. You know, not necessarily we're 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 making laser guns out of it. That mm-hmm. that's so I don't know if that's made up for the movie or if that's just something from the comics that I just don't um have as much awareness in. So um but I don't know. I I, I liked it. Yeah. Um it was all I, right. I would recommend it, but you know, one one of the things that I I so I I did a Black Panther review show and I uh, uh talked to Matt and Tim from the Not So Much But Us show and and it was a fun conversation. We talked about a lot of stuff. I think we spent way too much getting into, you know, Infinity War speculation and all that. It's like it's funny like about Well, that's what all these movies are for to build up to that one movie. Well, <laughs> and and that was their criticism of it actually oh, okay. is like they they wanted to see Infinity Stone and more, you know, lead up to Thanos. And and my thing was like, you know, it's okay for this movie to just be a movie. Gonna, you know, isn't it, that what the uh, post credit scenes are for? To do all that build-up? I think so, <laughs> at least. Um, yeah, that... Yeah, I, I agree with you. That was uh, um, definitely my kind of thing. I was looking for something here, but I can't quite seem to find it now. Oh, well. You don't have your sound bites in order? No. Well, it's, it's weird, you know... Um, being here in the uh, KGRG studio, we usually hang out in the uh, the AM booth in the KGRG one uh, studio. Yeah, where we have to use like uh, Windows <laughs> Media to do it all our sound bites. <laughs> but now we're uh, we're actually uh, we have the opportunity to use the real um, the real studio, and like I have like uh, the the soundboard. Oh, here. I'm sure the AM people are not happy with you. Oh man, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, and it's funny because I was gonna gonna make myself a uh, note to make sure and you know kind of talk up KGRG and talk about registration and all that other stuff, but I kind of forgot to put that into my notes. So um, maybe when we when we end this uh, uh, this uh, this particular episode, maybe we'll uh, um, or into the next episode, uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about where people can register and be part of KGRG themselves. Go to KGRG.com and all that stuff. But anyway, so um, I, I got way way off track. Um, uh, one of the things that I didn't have the opportunity to say during my Black Panther review show was that, you know, one one of the things that kind of irked me a little bit is that people have said that, you know, like Black Panther is like the first black superhero in movies. And um, I've heard that. But then I see like they take it back. It's like, oh, it's the first uh, comic book movie with a majority black cast or whatever. And and you know what that that much is uh, probably accurate. Um, yeah, but because- but they were wrong the first time because we've had what Blade, Spawn, Catwoman, uh, Steel, Steel. <laughs> I was I mean, gonna say the one with Shaq. I can't yeah, remember. I couldn't remember yeah, the name of it. And you know, and and there's there's countless. Uh, well, I mean there 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 are several other superhero type movies um, with 
you know, uh, uh, with black actors and black superheroes and all of that other stuff. Some of them are okay. Um, but but the thing, like, I, I, I remembered, and I don't remember if you had tweeted this either before or after you had seen the movie, but it was something about um, Black Panther. You're like, yeah, Black Panther is, is, is okay, but Blade is cooler. This was after I saw the movie. Oh, it was? Okay. And I, I stand by, the, by that. Blade was yeah. a much more fun movie. And maybe, maybe it's yeah. just because Wesley Snipes has this this charisma about him that just screams yeah. cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's running around in sunglasses and just, I mean, you, you know what kind And he of, does bad one-liners. Yes, yeah. Or, or like, Some motherfuckers try to skate uphill. I, I use that more often than is appropriate sometimes because like i mean I'll, I'll i'll run into some like challenges at at work or something and like you know it's like somebody has tried too hard and it didn't quite work and i just mutter my i'm like some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill <laughs> it's so funny i love that line and um you you know once upon a time wesley snipes was going to be black panther yeah uh yeah like like back in the 90s and i want to say that this was pre-blade um, this this would have been like 95, 96, something like that. And I think that would that would have been cool. It'd be vastly different from what we got. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, because like one of the things that I said during uh, the Black Panther review episode is that uh, Black Panther, T'Challa, is actually the least interesting character in that entire movie. Yeah, he was. Everybody's stealing scenes from him. And, and it's not the actor's fault. You know, I mean, he. I thought he did a very serviceable job, but yeah, it's just that everybody is so much more charismatic and interesting that yeah, they're just stealing scenes from him in his own movie, except for uh, Agent Baggins. <laughs> I I thought he was okay too, but yeah, not to the point of uh, scene stealing. But, um, but yeah, no, I uh, yeah, that that I I didn't. That was one of my regrets from uh, closing out of that interview show because I, I got so distracted with the the looking forward to Infinity War stuff is, yeah, I didn't did get a chance to walk it back and say, you know, there there have been plenty of other really cool. Um, I mean, I mean, cause I, even that even that Spawn movie's halfway OK. I, I unironically like that movie. I haven't watched it in long enough to to really know. It's like my my memories are fuzzy on it. My 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 nostalgic goggles are kind of foggy. Yeah. Um I I remember liking it at the time. Um but yeah, I I but my, I was going to say my thing is like with all, all this praise for uh Black Panther and whatnot, is it's kind of like where were you guys when Blade came out? Where were you guys for Spawn? Totally. Well, and and uh, It's like not a comic book movies are really popular everybody's jumping on with both feet acting like oh i i love comic book movies i'm such a nerd lol <laughs> it's like fuck you where were you assholes when guys like me were getting made fun of for being nerdy right well and you know that that's that's kind of the thing you know nerd culture is pop culture and 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 vice versa um and and it's interesting you know and i uh, the last thing i wanted to mention on blade was that you know um, you wouldn't have the modern comic book movie, or at least the you know Marvel movie, without Blade. No, no, you wouldn't. That that movie, uh, it really helped kick off the comic book movie craze. Absolutely, and you I mean know, that, it spawned two sequels and a television show. How many other superheroes can say that uh, of this current sure. run? Aside, uh, well, you got Batman, Superman, and 
Yeah, they all they always have their own TV shows and cartoons and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, Blade is a a B level character, and you know, I, I, I didn't know I didn't know Blade was a comic book w- character until after the fact. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. In the same conversation, you obviously talk about like the Sam Raimi Spider Man and the and uh, Brian Singer's X Men, but Blade came out two years before any of that. Yeah. And and people always forget that. I mean, that's uh, I mean, and and. <laughs> <laughs> this has suddenly become blade talk but um but i mean the one of the things that i always look at as being influential in uh a blade is there's kind of like a a slow motion of gunfire dodging sequence mm-hmm. and that movie came out a year before the matrix and i was like i'm like that's kind of bullet timey you you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. where like you know he like you know uh swings his head away and you see the bullets uh, zipping by in uh, slow motion and every time i watch blade i'm like year before the matrix <laughs> it's just the matrix did it really well so everybody remembers the matrix that that is true and but yeah i mean i mean blade was definitely a hugely influential movie um you know for for comic book heroes and all of that other stuff but sadly underappreciated i think so well and you know you talk about you know like the 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 sequels in the tv series i think that's that's kind of an exercise in diminishing returns um i actually kind of liked the tv show i i thought it was pretty good admittedly i'd never seen an episode I just brought up because oh sure how how many comic book movies like I've said yeah. spawned their own television show right well certainly not spawned except except for that no and no the the HBO show which which again is pretty good I was actually watching a bit of that before I came up here it's oh, really good it's, it's it's pretty good and holds up too yeah um uh but uh nah, man now that I got myself so deep in the weeds talking about Blade and so far away from Black Panther it's going to be a little harder for me to kind of swing back the other direction but um you know Black Panther has kind of also been uh touted as a you know influential movie um you know uh, you know for for diversity inclusion and and all of that other stuff but there was another movie that that you had the opportunity to see. Oh yes, the <laughs> second most woke comic book movie ever, Wonder Woman. Yeah, there it is. I I finally saw it. It was like it was on on demand for free or whatever. So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll watch this. See see if see if it truly is the best uh, DC cinematic universe movie or whatever they call their thing. <laughs> it. Oh, and I and in uh, uh, other news, I found the thing I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, th- this would have been so much better had I, you know, had had my stuff all figured out. But yeah. I, I didn't because no. I, you, I, now you're just making it all awkward. Yep. Yep. But anyway, so um, so you you finally saw Wonder Woman. Um, a brief thoughts. But it's yeah. a it's a dime a dozen superhero origin movie. Yeah. It's just with tits. <laughs> and and how many comic how many God comic book it. movies have we had before Wonder Woman with that had. Or starred women. We had like Catwoman, uh, Supergirl, Elektra. Yeah. And if you want to count uh, anime, we've had Ghost in the Shell. Ah. We had Aliens vs. Predator. True. Some of those are okay. (laughs) Most are not. Maybe it's just because I've been used to those kind of female uh, action movies or with female-led characters. It's like, this isn't a big deal to me. Yeah. And I... um... The the problem I would say I mean problem's the wrong word um, the but, thing yeah the, thank you uh, um, I I think you saw it 
having a year of like the hype and like you said you that know, might that is, might be it. it i think i think it skewed your perspective so far uh because i mean i i like the movie okay yeah, not, it, not, it's, not to it's say it's fine. bad yeah, or anything I mean, like that. It's fine, but that third act is is wretched. Yeah, I mean the, Hades is a or not Hades, uh, Ares. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrible a, villain in this movie. It's a must. Unlike in the God of War game. Sure. Yeah, and, and it's just um, yeah, I mean, it it sucks. I mean that that I mean we uh, it, it was weird because like right about the time you had seen it, my wife and I had recently. Rewatched it also, probably like the similar on demand for free type of thing. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, we'll watch this again. And I'm just like, yeah, this, um, I mean, it's not so far that it doesn't hold up, but I mean, it holds up for what it is. That third act still sucks. All of the well, wheels well, fall off. Yeah, I I went into this movie without spoilers or, or anything like that. I had okay. no idea how the story was going to go. Yeah. So I was kind of expecting, uh, well, Wonder Woman's thinking, who's Ares? Who, who is manipulating these Germans? Yeah, and I was kind of thinking maybe it's going to be a twist, and it's just humans are evil, and Dana's going to have to accept that you can't just blame it on a deity. But no, here comes that British dude. Yeah, you got you got a you got a skinny dude with a mustache, and it's just, a creepy uncle mustache at so, that. It was so bad. It's like, and this is your marquee villain. This is really what you're doing. I mean, does Wonder Woman just not have that big of a rogue? gallery not really okay. i mean it's like i mean like we're doing we're doing the cheetah in wonder woman 2 and i think between aries and cheetah that's really about it okay um un- unfortunately yeah chia um yeah d- just doesn't really have that deep of a rogues gallery um and, it, and it's kind of a shame because like i i I mean, and as you and I talked when we were discussing Justice League, I think Wonder Woman is kind of like the best part of that movie. Yeah, she, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I, she's definitely the best part of that, or what better parts of that movie? Yeah, I and and I don't dislike her performance either. No, you know, I mean, because I mean, it's like, I mean, I think like the way I put it at the time was like, you know, she's like naive but not entirely derpy. You know, yeah. I mean, because like you know, like some of the things that she's like enchanted by like ice cream or something like that it comes across as earnest instead of ridiculous and silly i yeah. actually kind of liked that um uh some people have kind of criticized that and i i actually thought that was kind of okay but yeah no um it, it was i i've had conversations with a, a few different folks at this point about wonder woman and the the thing is is regardless of how good it is or not good or or however however you want to call it it's much like black panther it's still important to that segment of the population that doesn't feel like they've gotten the uh the representation that they need okay um can i sound insensitive for a second sure go ahead i don't understand the need for representation because i i'm part norwegian okay so when four came out i wasn't busting a nut like yes norse mythology yes (laughs) <laughs> I, I saw p- bits and pieces of it, it like oh okay I'm gonna see what else is on and maybe it's just because the way I grew up I, I didn't grow up on I grew up on like creatures okay as characters like Ninja Turtles sure those were my heroes yeah they, they weren't like uh, people that looked like me or whatever mm-hmm. so, again sound insensitive and I, just a skewed uh, well, upbringing well, it, it, it brings up a fascinating point, and I don't know if that's something uh, for us to unpack being 
heterosexual white guys. But 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 that's the thing. I mean, that's that's the argument I've heard. Um, no, I've heard that too. You know, and and I there there are sometimes when I hear I'm like, yeah, but and and I really like the way that that you framed it. I hadn't thought of it that way. You know, like um, you know, I identifying more with you know, uh, otherworldly type of things. Yeah, to me, it's just your heroes should be based on what they do, not how they look. Absolutely. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I idolized Ken Griffey Jr. Sure. My absolute favorite, to this day, my favorite baseball player. Mm -hmm. Obviously, went off the same uh, (laughs) skin tone. Sure. That didn't didn't matter. It was more about what he did or what he did on the field. Exactly. And and for me, that's why I like the Black Panther movie is that, you know, it's sure. I mean, if These, you're if you're if you're waving the flag of representation, I think that's kind of the w- wrong way to do it. But I, I I liked it on its own merits. Yeah, These characters, they should be for everybody. Yeah. And and I think they are. And, well, and yeah, I, I idea. Ideally, yes, they are. They are for everybody. But it's just some people are kind of like this is mine for for silly reasons. Yeah, I mean, Christ, I can't count how many times I've had ha- Halloween mm-hmm. had kids that obviously weren't white dressed up as Batman. Sure, and it's just like Batman's a cool character. Everybody can love Batman. Anybody can dress up as Batman. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like I mean, I I've heard a lot of uh, uh, black creators, you know, talk about identifying with Spider Man because it's like you know, it's like well, you know. He could be anybody under the mask, you know, th- that kind of thing. You know, yeah. anything where you're like a masked hero, you know, sudden, suddenly things like, you know, uh, uh, ethnicity go away. Um, but maybe that's the appealing f- that with like, characters like Ninja Turtles. They're they can be for anybody. Sure. Um, I I would say I don't I don't know. I, I, I still think there is something to be said, though. For the amount of representation that is kind of like in both Wonder Woman and and uh, Black Panther, I I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's no. okay. No, I no, I, I get that some people feel that way. I just like I said, I don't get it. Sure. And yeah. And like I said, that's probably just because of the idols I had growing up. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you, and you know, and and I, I guess I guess the last thing I want wanted to say on that is you know before uh, we sound more horrible. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> yeah, and we haven't even started talking about the gun movie yet, so uh, it's it's a uh, it's about to get a uh, it's about to get real here in, uh, in just a minute. But um, you know, of of the I mean, I I hate the notion of having representation just for the sake of it. You know, oh, it, it always comes off as or comes across as token. Yeah, and and uh, uh, virtue signaling. You know, it's like you know we had you know. I mean, it's like it reminds me, and I, as I drag us even further off track, but it reminds me uh, something about like you know back in the the Oscars, uh, uh, who was it? Some somebody who won an award. Uh, Frances McDormand, I think, when she won her uh, uh, best uh, actress Oscar, she was like, "Yeah, now now remember these two words: inclusion writer." Do you hear about that? Basically, like as like a rallying cry to yeah. You know, I, I saw the uh, the uh, response to it or whatever the or what it actually is. Yeah, and that and and that's kind of frustrating because it 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 takes out what you were kind of saying is you know kind of you know merit based type. Well, of, that's exactly how that that's 
whether people like it or not, that's how Hollywood is. It's it's a merit. It's based on meritocracy. It's like, can yeah. you bring in the money? No. Good luck. Yeah, I mean it's it, it it's a capitalist system. I mean we're we're in a capitalist country. I mean, it's a I mean, capitalist enterprise. We're there to make I, money. I mean, call me crazy, but somebody should get the job based on their skills. Right. Uh, not not what they got in their pants or what color their skin is. Sure. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean it, as it, if if representation is organic and it makes sense, like in the case of uh, Wonder Woman and Black Panther, then yeah, cool. Because yeah. because I feel like, you know, criticisms aside, you know, they stand on their own merit. You know, um, and... Yeah, yeah, Ghost in the Shell didn't get that luxury. It didn't get a chance to stand on its own merits. Well... Oh, come on. Paramount wrote off that movie before it even came out. You're not wrong, but but are are you are you of the perspective that that movie is legitimately good? I still stand by what I said that it's an okay movie in a, in a good sense. Okay, see, yeah, because I mean I don't disagree with you that it's okay, but what well, it, it didn't get a chance to succeed or fail based on its own merits. It was based on the outrage before the movie was even released. Ah, I see. That, that's what I was getting at. I see what you're saying. That that makes a lot more sense because I was gonna say I. I don't know if you want to die on that hill. Not not for Ghost in the Shell. I mean, I liked it okay, but uh, I don't. I don't no, want... I'm not the illusion that it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Very good. Oh man. So, um, anything else on this? Uh, this well, particular well, topic we're gonna sound like or... horrible people. Let's move on to Death Wish. Yeah, I think so. And oh, oh yeah, wait a minute. I have a transition bed. I forgot. <laughs> so. Death Wish. So that, so, um... And it came out in March, not February. Did it really? Uh, March 2nd. It's only like a... Oh, oh, well, because that, that's, um... Kind of... <laughs> well, I, I don't know if this is where I want to start, but th- this, uh, the, the, this production, this movie, this remake, has, has had its sense of, uh, challenges getting to theaters, because... Well, it was either the Vegas shooting or something before it, it had its release date pushed back it because was, of that. It was both. It was like it, it was uh, it got its uh, um, release date pushed back because of the Vegas shooting. And then again, because of the uh, Parkland shooting. Well, I thought it got released despite the Parkland shooting. Um, You know, it could be. Yeah. But either you know, way, this movie got yeah. accused of being tone deaf. That's the and thing. it's just like. <laughs> so yo, go just ahead. shaking my head. All right, so let's let, let's back it up a little bit. So so this is the the new remake, the uh, the from re- Eli Roth. Yeah, Eli Roth starring Bruce Willis. It's the you know remake, reboot, reimagining. Well, whatever. remake. It's a remake. Okay. See, and you know, I, God, I I get so bogged down in vocabulary sometimes as people are just yelling at their at, at their uh, uh, radios right now. Um, wh- what what is the difference between say like a remake, reboot, reimagining, well, whatever type? Typically, of thing? a remake it's just you know retelling the, the an old story, like uh, say Peter Jackson's King Kong. Okay. It's just a remake of an old movie. The reboot, it's usually kind of like it's. Like say, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat Nine. Okay. Uh, so taking it into video games, but well, but this, I, is, I get the, what this you're is the best example I could think of. Off sure, top of my sure, head. yeah, yeah. So like, uh, the game before that, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, they uh-huh. wrote themselves into a corner. Uh huh. Where basically, 
the winner was going to become an elder god and all the other fighters were going to lose their powers and whatnot. So it's like, where do you go from there? Uh-huh. So in Mortal Kombat 9, Shao Kahn won, became a god and Raiden kind of used a, he, he, he used a spell to send a message to himself in the past to oh, change man. the future okay. or to prevent Shao Kahn from becoming an elder god. Mm-hmm. That would be a reboot. Okay. But I, I think these days reboots just used to, uh, because remake became an ugly word. Interesting. And and I wonder now if um, reboot has that same connotation that remake used to have. I, I don't know. It's getting there. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you hear reboot and you kind of like, Ugh. So, okay, so so we're, we're calling Death Wish a remake of the uh, of the 1974 vigilante classic instead of uh Charles Bronson in the uh, iconic role of uh, uh Paul Kersey you have you have Bruce Willis taking up the mantle to dole out vigilante justice. Yes, but in Chicago instead of New York. Sure. And you know it it's this this is going to be interesting because what I think we've found in a lot of these reviews and discussions that we have, we we generally like if we don't like 100 percent agree, we kind of look at things from the same. Um, we, we kind of like agree, but sometimes from different angles or sometimes we'll disagree sometimes from different angles. There's a lot of commonality, but um, like like, for example, when we get into our next episode where it's the Monster Fest, a spoiler alert, we both pretty much liked uh, a Pacific Rim Uprising and Rampage. So that so that's I mean we'll, we'll have differing viewpoints, but I think this might be the first time in some of our discussions where we outright disagree. Um but didn't we outright disagree with Blade Runner? Uh, yeah, uh well, I know we did for Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're right. Um, but I think it was more, it was still kind of like lukewarm, though, because it's like with Blade Runner, I liked it, but I wouldn't necessarily stand on top of the hill and say this is the bestest movie ever. It was like, but I liked it. I understand why you didn't like it, but I still kind of liked it. Um this, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. See what I mean? And, and like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, like, uh, um, compromise and seeing where, you know, the, the other perspective is going to no, be. No, you, we were talking earlier, you yeah. apparently didn't like Bruce Willis going, uh, John Wick on some criminals. Not even a little. <laughs> I, I hate this movie. I oh. hate, I hated it so much. I oh, hate it so oh. much. So, uh, but you, on the yeah. other hand, have a very different perspective. No, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I, I went in with this, my, Maybe this is part of why I liked it so much. I went in with low expectations. Okay. Because that's usually how I am with re- remakes. It's like, okay, sure. this is probably just like a soulless cash grab. Let's just see it to see it. And it, like I said, I ended up loving it. Okay. Um, so I, I, on the other hand, went in with the expectations that this might be a little tone deaf and it, uh, it, it might be ill-timed uh, release-wise, um, and I, uh, um, you know, I'll wear this bias on my sleeve, and it'll come out a lot as we talk. I'm over Bruce Willis. I I can't with Bruce Willis anymore. Um, well, I I just so and and I think that colors a lot of my perspective. So that's where a lot of my criticism comes from. I lay a lot of this at Bruce Willis's feet. I have other problems that we'll talk about as well. I, but. I can't remember the last Bruce Willis movie I saw before this. It it, mm. it might have been his cameo in uh, one of the Expendables movies. Yeah, and 
Um, was that before or after that fifth Die Hard movie? <laughs> Fuck if I remember. Because I actually paid money to see that. And and I think the last Die Hard movie I saw was the one with it was like in Washington D.C. or something. Yeah, so that would have been like the fourth. Yeah, that was one. the fourth one. So that was like Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah, they they went and made another one. It was like a good, yeah, it was like in Russia or something. Yeah, and it's it's um not good. Um and my uh my thing with Bruce Willis is that he um in every role every movie that he's in. He's just Bruce Willis. There, there's no nuance or really any complexity to anything that he does. You know, whether it's latter day Die Hard movies or um, uh, Red, uh, which I actually really liked, despite Bruce Willis being in it. But like every role that he's, even his uh, uh, the role in uh, Expendables, like you were talking about, he's just playing Bruce Willis over and over and over, and. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, and and I guess another uh, full disclosure bias. I'm I I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith, uh-huh. and, and I know uh, he's talked a lot about his negative experience with Bruce Willis on a movie called Cop Out. That movie is terrible, by the way. Um, but so and I think a lot of that kind of colors my bias. I'm I'm easily influenced. By uh, you know certain biases, it's like oh well, if Kevin Smith says that uh, um, that the Bruce Willis is greedy and lazy, I think I'm going to kind of take that at face value, and so so I'm sure there's some bias and influence there, but um, keeping it within the realm of Death Wish, I think he's just sleepwalking through this role. Um, I I just I didn't care for any of his acting decisions, and the for me at least the he, the fact that it's quote unquote Bruce Willis doesn't bring anything to it. Like you know, if um, if you want to talk about a quote unquote Bruce Willis movie, you know, you think of Die Hard or something like that. And if that's what you're doing, then do that. You know, because basically, like in those latter day Die Hard movies, uh, John McClane has basically become an indestructible superhero. He, he's more of a Marvel superhero, I think, than Captain America is in terms of, like, you know, plot armor and, and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, he's he's got a stronger healing factor than Wolverine. And, you know, and... and yeah, but in this movie, uh, Willis' character, he, he struggles. Like, uh, when he when he does his first kill or whatever, he he holds the gun wrong and it, it injures his hand, so he kind of has to shoot with a different... Or his other hand. Yeah. Like, like, and he's a horrible shot at the beginning. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I I think that's that's the best and only example of where they kind of try to you know, show him kind of I mean, obviously they show him, you know, watching YouTube videos and you see him learning how to uh clean and put together a gun and you see him, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny. It's like th- this movie's almost like a uh public service uh, announcement for learning how to do stuff on YouTube. Because basically, like, that's where he learns, like, all of his skills. Um, obviously, you know, I mean, there are sequences of where, well, you know, he's improving his marksmanship, but but still. Well, it's not like with the uh, the original Death Wish where you could say, uh, Charles, uh, what, what was Bronson's character's name in that one? Paul Kersey. Or Kersey had a military background. Well, see. It, and he, he just knows how to shoot anyway. Yeah. And and so, so um Maybe let's pivot there for a second, kind of talk about, you know, maybe maybe some compare and contrast here, because like the 
the and this is why I wanted to ask about kind of the difference between like a remake and a reboot is because while the the plot is more or less the same, there's enough differences there where I I'm just I, well, I I'm trying to I, so, I I was trying to wrap my head around. Well, you have some remakes that are shot for shot like a uh, Psycho. Psycho, yeah. And you have some remakes that are very different like uh uh the, the thing. Okay. Or the 1980s one. Yeah, yeah. Totally different from uh, the thing from Outer Space or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Yeah. Like, you have some, like I said, you have some that are exactly the same and you have others that it's basically the same story, but they, they tell it differently. Right. Or This would be kind of like the, the latter where it's it's the same story. It's just a different setting, different, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say different motivations, but. Well, I mean, it's just done. The story's told differently. Yeah, but it's the same basic story. It's yeah, it's the same basic story of you know home invasion gone wrong. You know, uh, uh, wife is murdered, daughter is assaulted, and actually, even I I was I was kind of scared in watching this uh, remake because I I know what happens to the daughter in the original. I'm like, oh, we're not doing that here, are we? Oh, okay, all right, all right, we're we're okay. Um, but no, it's uh, um, I I just feel that the stories are told. Um, just just from a different perspective, because like Paul Kersey in uh, Charles Bronson's version, he was like a pacifist and a liberal, and basically he has his entire worldview changed and flipped upside down by these events, and becomes you know this vigilante out of you know not you know well, not being able to mentally reconcile what what has happened well, to him. We can say the same thing for uh. Paul in this uh, the remake because he's just a an everyday man. He's just a doc, just some doctor. He he doesn't know how to defend himself. He knows nothing about firearms. Yeah. And, and there's that scene where he can where at his daughter's uh I think it was a soccer match or whatever. Like yeah. One of the dads was getting really loud and obnoxious. Yeah. And they didn't. F- it was hardly confrontation like on his end. Like he he was trying to be uh, calm and like hey cool it off or. Cool it down. Let's cool it down. It's just the game. Come on now. Yeah. So. Whereas the uh, the dude was ready to fight, or the, the the rowdy dad was ready to fight him. Gotcha. Um. I I guess I guess for my angle, because because of Bruce Willis's sleepwalking acting, I didn't really see much of a personality difference from when he's interacting with the the rowdy dad at the soccer match. And when he's shooting people in the street, you know, like he's like, you know, uh, uh, are you the ice cream man? You know, yeah, who are you? I'm your last customer. You know, he, he has almost like a that same kind of delivery that he had. I mean, to me, I just I just didn't see any uh, character progression. And, and maybe I'm just beating the dead horse. But I just I again, my my major issue with this movie is uh, is Bruce Willis's performance. He's sleepwalking here, okay. in, my, in my opinion. Um. But on that, it's I mean, and and it even goes further in like I just I don't I don't buy that he's even especially upset by one what's happened to him. He doesn't. I mean, he he rolls like two tears that that his same with Bronson. That yeah, you know, Bronson was a little. And so yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, Bronson went to work and he went to uh, Arizona or whatever it was for a business meeting. So he was. <laughs> that's right. All that's your criticisms right. for Willis can be applied to Bronson. Yeah, and and I'm not, and I'm, I, I guess I'm not 
saying that like you know the original did it better and uh-huh. and and really I don't know how to separate the two because you're you're absolutely right in that you know that those character beats are the same but like I um yeah it's just he doesn't seem to be especially upset about anything. He doesn't seem to be upset about well, what's happening to him. And even further, he doesn't seem to be all that upset once he starts traveling the path that he does when he chooses to take up arms. And you I, know. I disagree because there, you see, I saw him get upset like when he went to uh, talk to the detective. This was before he started becoming a vigilante or okay. whatever. Okay. And the he, he just sees that. Uh, Corkboard of all the name, all the uh, names of victims, mm-hmm. and no, and they're no justice yet. Yeah, and I saw him starting to get uh, disenfranchised with the system. Like the law isn't helping. And yes, he, and then there's uh, when his brother, his brother uh, confronts him, mm-hmm. or yeah, when his brother figures out that he's the vigilante, and he just goes on a tirade about uh, defending yourself, and it's like, what are the police going to do? So, yeah, I, 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 I guess I saw I, the progression. Okay, all right, that's fair. I, um, uh, where, where to go from there? Um, oh yeah. So, so one thing, one thing I did want to mention on that is, um, th- there's, there's a scene in the original movie when, um, when you know Bronson makes his his first kill and he, you know, he loses, he throws up. All that, and I guess maybe I, I guess you know it's funny we were just talking about comparisons, but I guess maybe that was a beat I was looking for. Okay, you know where he's just like, my God, I've killed somebody. Where you know, I mean, because the the the, well, the well, I can't remember. Oh, ahead, did Bronson kill to save someone, or did he just kill out of cold blood? Oh, I don't remember. And I because in would a, be important in this one, the remake, he kills to save someone. Like That's there, true. Uh, there was a carjacker and a, also, a, or mm-hmm. yeah, there was a couple who were get getting ready to drive off, mm-hmm. and somebody carjacked him. The and uh, the driver's uh, girlfriend, wife, or whatever was still in the car, so it became a carjacking and an abduction. Right. So and Willis sh- shot the driver and the his accomplice and, and saved the woman. So it mm-hmm. seems more of a that seemed more of a I didn't kill out of cold blood type of moment. Right. Right. And it's uh, and and that scene I I would say works. I mean I I had no problems with. That. I mean the motivations made sense. Um, I I like that it's presented that he's holding the the gun wrong and he gets the slide bite and all that. Um, so yeah, I mean I I didn't necessarily specifically have a problem with that sequence, but yeah, I guess. I well, guess, I just brought that up because to compare to Bronson's first kill. Good point. Really good point. And I I think. One one of the issues that 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 um, makes it tougher for me to reconcile is that since Bruce Willis is a doctor and there sh- he's shown dealing with death often, yeah. and and that speaks to the disenfranchisement that that you talked about earlier. You know, he sees that that cop just die at the beginning of the movie, so he sees so much death that he's kind of desensitized to it. Whereas architect uh, Charles Bronson. This isn't necessarily like a world that he understands or belongs in. I don't know. I just I, I think it's a weird change to make him um, a trauma doctor. 
Um, I, I just, I, I had a, I had a hard time wrapping my brain around that. Well, if he's not a trauma doctor, then you couldn't have that torture sequence in the garage or the auto shop. Gotcha. So, you know, from there, let's, uh, let's pivot to that. So this is very much an Eli Roth movie. Yeah. And doesn't shy away from the violence. See, and I think this is where another spot where you, you and I are going to kind of part ways a little bit because to me, I felt like that was a turnoff. I I don't need that type of graphic violence in my vigilante movie about gun violence. I'm I'm all good with but uh, gun violence, but I don't necessarily need cartoonish uh, uh, kills in it. It, it just I, it was it was just it was just I, weird for me. I didn't think these were, or the, the gun deaths at least were cartoonish in this movie. Oh, the gun deaths weren't. I, I'm talking oh, about. Oh, you're talking about the uh, him torturing the guy. Okay. Yeah, and and the torture I was kind of cool with. I you know that that makes sense because as you said, like you know he has you know uh, uh, medical knowledge, and I think that that works fine. So that, so it was when he uh, pulled out the car jack. Exactly. You know, cool. and, and we saw it all in the trailer and all that, but then in the actual movie you see his brain smushed and I'm just like I'm like, that looks a little cartoony. Uh well when you have a however many thousand pound car drop on your head. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not I guess I'm not doubting the physics, but I guess what I'm doubting is that I don't I it's it, to me it's not a splatter movie. It it's a vigilante well, movie. Well but you you're you got to remember, it's an Eli Roth movie. Correct. And, so, and like, have uh, you seen uh, either Hostel or uh, The Green Inferno? I've seen Hostel, and that was enough for me. Okay, so see, so and, you know what you're, you know what Eli, he, he's a, and he's that, very, he focuses very much on the, he doesn't shy away from the the gore. Absolutely, and and arguably that's what people show up for. So if you're a fan of Eli Roth. You're getting what you're showing up for. But if I'm showing up for something called Death Wish and I get an Eli Roth movie, that's that's kind of off-putting to me. It's 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 weird to explain. Now, if they had called it like, say, like, I mean, this is a weird uh, vernacular thing, but if they had called it like Eli Roth's Death Wish, maybe that would kind of change my well, because I mean, to me, like, I saw it, you know, directed by Eli Roth. And I'm like, oh, that's a weird choice. What's this gonna be? And then I see what it ends up being, and I'm like, I'm not here for this. That that's not what I want. And and maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a. Uh, um, this, well, this might come down to taste, but when it comes yeah, to these kind of exactly movies that are violent in nature, mm-hmm. I don't want them to shy away from the violence in any way, uh, it, because when you show it in a, in a graphic nature like uh-huh. that, it, it makes it feel a little more real. Like, say, uh, Saving Private Ryan, the sure. D-Day scene. Yeah, yeah. Gory as fuck. Totally. And see, and and to me, that doesn't feel cartoonish. It feels grounded and realistic. Yeah, but... Whereas... I would say the same thing about the, the carjacking being... Or okay. the car being dropped on the dude's head. Okay. Like, to me, that... felt like, yeah, that's gonna happen when your head gets caved in. Sure. Yeah, and... yeah, and, or, or when you get shot up by a... I don't know if it was an a uh, AR15 at the end the, the the main villain. Remind me to come back to that because I I have I have things to say about that as well but but well but while we're talking about um uh the gore and stuff that's 
you know, towards the end of the movie when it when it basically becomes like a castle defense movie. And that that's to me, it, it took a turn. It, it was it was almost like a Jason movie at some point where like the dude's falling down the stairs and like, you know, snapping his head 90 degrees the wrong way. And just like and, and that you're you nailed it. You're absolutely spot on that it comes down to taste because like I I appreciate, um, you know, over the top slasher violence. I mean, I, I'm okay. I mean, I'm not as keen on, say, contemporary slasher violence. I mean, maybe, maybe that's a different conversation for a different day. But, but I mean, like, I, I like my violence cartoony. Okay. W- when it's in context. So, I mean, I, and, and that's why I enjoy the Friday the 13th movie so much because it is like that, that cartoony uh, type of violence where I, I, I'm just, and again, it's just shifting taste, but I'm not there as much for, contemporary depictions of violence it's just it's it's just not my thing but okay. but again that's a taste thing but to that point again it's it, with as just for my perspective i felt like that type of the way that violence was uh depicted was kind of needless i didn't feel like it necessarily added to it having this dude's head twisted around the wrong way i just i well i, I think it, it would have been lame if it was just he fell, you heard a crack, but you didn't, or or there was like a pan away shot or whatever. To me, that would have been cheap. Interesting. And see, okay, and and I, I, when you put it that way, you're not wrong. I don't disagree with you, but I guess I go back to, I don't need this in my gun violence movie. This isn't the type of violence I'm here for. You know, um... I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm probably just uh, belaboring well, the point at this point. But... Wait, 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 wait. Would you have preferred it to be like a John Wick where it, they are guns blazing, but they don't, it's kind of like a dude gets shot in and that's it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I, I appreciate you kind of helping me articulate that because like you had actually even said it when we first started talking about it. It's, you know, it's, it's Bruce Willis, John Wicking people. And I, it kind of loses me when he's not John Wicking people and he's like throwing people downstairs. And I mean, for, for me, and I kind of rolled my eyes and audibly sighed in the theater. I'm like, I'm like, so Bruce Willis is Jason now. What? What are in? And, and he, you know, kind of displays superhuman strength a couple times. I'm just like, what are we doing? And it's just, I don't know. It and and it does come down to taste. You're not wrong, but it's just, I, I guess, in a sense, I'm just kind of trying to say it's not for me. Right. Um. And that, that, that that's fair. I, I'm. I wouldn't get upset at people saying like, oh, I didn't like this movie because it's too violent or whatever. It's like, all right, you do. You do you, I do me. Yeah, and see, and here's the thing also. I'm not saying that that the movie is a thing that shouldn't be or that you shouldn't have it or things like that. Because there not, are people like that, apparently. Yeah, see, and I guess maybe that's uh, somewhere where, where, where we can pivot to now. I mean, obviously, we're not a political show. We, I mean, we obviously have opinions and stuff like that, but but it's... I. I I got to tell you, and I, I, I have to confess this. We, we talked about this a little bit at, at, at the beginning of our discussion, but because of, you know, uh, events that kind of led up to right before uh, the release of this movie, I'm watching this movie and I found myself feeling weird. Uh-huh. And 
I, I don't know even now if I can explain what that weird feeling was. I don't know if it was, you know, the, the media getting in my head. Like I said, you know, I could be very easily influenced by it. But, you know, you hear things like, you know, tone deaf and poorly timed oh. and all of that other stuff. And I don't know if that was in my head, but I'm just like, why is this movie out now? Why well, is this movie out in general? You know, why? Well, I, I don't recall why Elof wanted to make this movie. Maybe he just same reason he wanted to do uh, the Green Inferno was just kind of like pay homage to past movies or something. But but you brought it back up the tone deaf yeah. criticism that was coming out before the movie was even out. Yeah. Well, because like the first trailer dropped in November. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's when the movie was supposed to be out. I don't remember when that first trailer dropped, actually, but it was um, it, it was there a while. Yeah. For and 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 I and I remember this vividly like, you know, there was like, you know, uh, ACDC's Back in Black is playing over the trailer um, as he's uh, shooting a black guy. And I remember a lot of folks being kind of kind of, you know, not necessarily keen on that. And, and I remember even myself being like my thing wasn't so much like this is, you know, it was just like. I think he even said this at the time on the podcast. It's like I'm just not there for Bruce Willis. Right. I don't know if I'm there for Eli Roth. So I so I kind of I kind of kind of wore that on my sleeve. Uh, but but I can't help it if perhaps some of that some of what was being said influenced me. Right. I, but, it's tough to say. But the uh, the tone deaf stuff. I, yeah. One, I, this this that, that kind of stuff was said about the original uh, Death Wish when it came out because mm-hmm. it was in New York and New York at the time was a very rough city like Chicago is now. Right. But also, here's the thing about the Eli Roth's uh, Death Wish. Throughout the movie, you had two different ra- uh, radio shows that they would have uh, discussions on. I'm glad you brought that and up. And it would have two different viewpoints on the vigilanteism. Mm-hmm. So it's if this was a tone-deaf movie, it would be all four uh uh, Bruce Willis doing what he's doing, but it, it brought up like your, how taking the law into your own hands is a bad thing. And also, you had a copycat who got himself killed. Mm-hmm. So, so it's definitely, I don't think it was tone deaf at all. Okay. But also, the whole Bruce Willis just killing black guys is like, he only killed two or three black guys, and they were all in the beginning. The rest of the the yeah. ones he did the worst to were just white dudes. Were white dudes. Yeah, it's and and that's a really good point, and that needs to be said. Uh, um, I I, w- I was thinking that because yeah, that whole back half of the movie, you know, they're all like you know like you know European, Caucasian, or yeah. whatever. But but yeah, no, but but it was it was weird how it was kind of depicted in that trailer, like the well that that drug dealer killed up. I love that kill just because he just like like you said he's like. Who are you? I ask. Well, also before he does the, who are you? He he pulls out a gold-plated pistol. Uh huh. Just trying to front, like I'm a hard-ass motherfucker. What are you gonna do? He's like, I'm your last customer. Just shoots him cold. Yeah. And walks off, and then everybody kind of ru- rushes in, steals his goods. I I liked that. See, and it's funny, you know. I again, I will say that I didn't like this movie, but but there were there were parts that I liked. Like again, I liked. The the uh, um, carjacking rescue. I liked the the confrontation with the ice cream man. It's like you know, I mean, there 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 were 
I'm not going to say that I disliked everything about it, but but there was but there was stuff you really didn't like. Exactly, and you know, and I and I think at this point because like I I think maybe the the skew and balance has been you know kind of me more talking about uh, what I didn't like about the movie, but but you've you've said I don't remember if you said this on Twitter or if it was just you and I talking, but but you like this movie a lot. Yeah. So. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if we've given enough platform uh, for you to talk about what you liked about it. Well, it, like I said in the beginning, it, it, it just surprised me. Because I think that was a part of it. But also, I, I, I do enjoy most, or at least some of the Eli Roth movies I've seen. Like, uh, I, I thought Green Inferno was uh, entertaining enough. Okay. Like, and same with uh, the first Hostel. Mm-hmm. Second one, I didn't care for it all. And I, I have vague memories of uh, <laughs> Cabin Fever. But no, I, I, I just like these kind of uh, shoot 'em up movies where they're like uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino style. Sure. Just hyper violent, no fucks given. Uh huh. Who cares if you don't think this is insensitive or politically incorrect? Blah blah blah. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Just no apologies. I, I like that. I like that kind of media. Gotcha. Um, provocative for the sake of being provocative, maybe. I don't know if this. I don't know. I'd have to look at the background of de- uh, this new Death Wish. If that was the point for Eli Roth, or he just wanted to do a, a do a remake of Death Wish. Yeah. See, because or if he was just hired to do it. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, and and I don't know enough about the production uh, again to to be able to say one way or the other. That that would be because I, I know Gre- be... I know Green Inferno was a passion project for him. Sure, sure, and yeah, maybe he was you know a fan of the franchise and the original, and you know that that that's entirely possible. But I you know you got me thinking about something. Is that I think maybe there's a version of this that. I would actually like in that, like you get maybe a different actor, you know, somebody that's because I mean, again, I uh, it's it's kind of weird to think of Charles Bronson as kind of like an everyman, but that's kind of the way that he was portrayed in that. In what contemporary actor now would fit that? I am really trying to think, and I'm 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 struggling. because yeah, anybody that I could think of would be like you know like a you know like a movie star type of thing. You know if you I mean sure you could take like like a you know you go to your Marvel staple you can get like you know like a Chris Pratt or a Chris Evans or a Chris Hemsworth or a Chris Pine or somebody else named Chris. You know, um, you know I and I think maybe it's just that it's Bruce Willis because he all for me. And and again, I I didn't mean to get back into this this uh, this rant, but but he kind of comes with being Bruce Willis, and that you know you have that 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 expectation of him being that John McClane superhero type of type of thing. And I think if and and I'm getting off track, but I think if you take somebody that's that's maybe a little more everyman, somebody maybe a little nebbish or something like that, and then what you do. Is you take the the um, whether it's there or not, and maybe this is what we can discuss uh, uh, coming up. Is you take you make it a pro gun movie. You know, you push it even further, um, and yeah, and yeah, I, and make it provocative for the sake of being provocative, and then you put that out as as 
you know, uh, tantalizing or, or provocative or whatever, you know, given the times. Because I don't think that Death Wish as it is says enough about one thing or the other. It it's it doesn't it's not an anti-gun movie. It's not necessarily a pro-gun movie. Yeah, I was gonna it's say, it's like, just kind of there. And I think that's one of my problems with it is that it doesn't necessarily say anything one way or the other. Well, couldn't you say the same thing about... Uh, well, it's been a long time since sure. I've seen the original, but mm-hmm. couldn't you say the same thing about the first one? Because I don't recall yeah. it having a pro or anti-gun message to it. True. Yeah, you're not wrong. I was, I, I guess, I was thinking about it more from the perspective of um, the times that we're in, wh- right. whether we like it or not. You know, the culture that we're in. Um, it, it's, a, it's an interesting time for, I guess, for for lack of better term, gun culture. Right. Um, and God, I hate that term. I, I know. I, I, I literally couldn't figure out what else to say. So that's again, it's the media. No, you're, just you're not kinda, wrong. But it's just that term. Yeah. It's just used in a negative way. It's like, just roll my eyes. Well, and and that that reminds me of uh, something I said I was going to come back to is you know the, the depiction of guns in this movie kind of bothers me a little bit. I I myself am not necessarily what I would consider to be a gun guy. I don't own any firearms, but I um, you know I I occasionally uh, go out shooting with friends. You know, it's like we'll we'll go out to the range and you know uh, uh, go through a few boxes of of nine millimeter shells. You know, putting putting holes in targets and things like that. Right. So so I I'm not I'm not averse to guns or or whatever, but um, the the portrayal of I think like the um, the the scenes in the gun shop kind of bugged me. Um, and maybe it's just because of what well, I know and what I'm exposed to. I'm just, well, that, that's that, not that came across as a like a caricature in that movie. And and I think maybe that's what made me feel kind of squirrely, given the times that we're in. It's like, well, I don't know if now is the right time with like you know talks of like legislation and things like that. If that's a well, time, we, got, we also got to remember this movie was made or was already made before. Like the Vegas shooting, Parkland, and all these uh, March for Our Lives stuff. I understand, but it was still released when it was. So unfortunately, it's well, it's a it's a product of its time, and and again, what one one of my criticisms is that it doesn't quote unquote say anything one way or the other, but yet it has some of these. I I want to say that like these are what you know anti gun people. This is what like a depiction of reality for them. They probably think that, you know, these people marching in the streets wanting to like repeal the second amendment and stuff. They probably think that you can walk into this gun store and get, well, it also doesn't help that you have outlet or, uh, so-called journalists telling outright uh fabrications on how easy it is to get an AR 15 when in reality, you can't just walk into a store and you can walk out with it. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And that brings me to the thing that, that, that I think, cemented my dislike for this movie it comes at the very end and you mentioned it earlier you know it's the the uh uses a semi-auto rifle well no it was it auto it's it's a fully automatic machine gun i haven't seen it since march so i'm yeah a little hazy well, on yeah them. so i uh, again i i'm not a gun guy so i i can't speak to what oh maybe so- he had a bump stock <laughs> god damn it <laughs> But but yeah no he so he kicks out the the tactical thing which you know I I kind of well they teased that earlier in the I, movie I liked how they set that up actually because like in the trailer it's just kind of 
in fact, I think it kind of sucks that it was spoiled in the trailer because that I like how they set that up, you know, ooh, tactical furniture, and like he ends up buying this thing and using it later. I, I thought that was kind of cool. But then, yeah, he pulls out this, you know, cartoon uh, diehard type machine gun and and just ventilates this dude. And I'm like, that is not a weapon that he can get at that store. That is bullshit. And and well, it could have been in like the pistol that he originally started with, like he acquired it elsewhere. Because the because the pistol he the pistol he had he took it off of a an emergency room. Yeah, patient. yeah, it fell off of him. And so I mean, uh, well, they uh, never show how he gets all of his weapons. So that that is true. So that, so, that does leave it open to uh, speculation. Yeah, and but but that's that's what kind of bothered me because like I've um. I've I've fired an AR-15 before, and it's not like that. And and again, it's you know it's that. Well, that it's, I would chalk that up to Hollywood in general because they like they never get guns right. Like yeah, si- like uh, suppressors. They don't make guns totally silent like in the John Wick movies. Yeah, yeah. It's it's or not, any movie that has a silencer. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a suppressor. And and again, we're we're not necessarily a, a gun podcast, but but no, it's it's. It, it really bothered me because I, I felt like one it's mm, it, it wouldn't have bothered me if times weren't what they were, if it wasn't so in the public consciousness, wasn't so much in the news. I mean, cause really um, a lot of my um, awareness is from watching the news and being part of the media and all that other stuff. And it's like, so, you know, I, I can't, I, it's it's like it's like anything where you know you have a certain degree of knowledge of something and it kind of sours on how you take in entertainment like i i i know um when i was uh in the it field and i was taking it classes and you know kind of working on that side when and to this day i still see like you know when computers are depicted in a certain way i'm like that's not a thing that's fucking bullshit um so i mean i i think when you know something about something, it bothers you more. And I think because of the the consciousness and the culture and what's what's going on, I have that level of awareness that I might not have earlier. You know, if I if this movie had come out ten years ago, wouldn't have thought a single thing about it. I, I you know, uh, the the Eli Rothness of it probably still would have. Well, I, rubbed I bet, me the wrong way. But. Well, I bet this movie probably would have still gotten the tone deaf uh, criticism to it because I remember when Resident Evil Five came out. Uh-huh. Like, like the, the game takes place in Africa. Oh, okay. And you play uh, Chris Redfield, who's a white dude. Sure. And when the trailer dropped, it was like white dude running around, black killing black people. Blah, blah, blah. It's just oh, like I, okay. I think I, I think this deaf wish would have gotten a lot of the criticism it got, no matter what. Yeah, I, and and I don't. I, I don't disagree, but it's it's just it it's come out at just like a weird time. Um, well, it's it, not it, well, it's not the the movie's fault. True. True. But would it have benefited from say maybe sitting on the shelf for a year? I don't think so because well, well, just because it's gotten more heated with the Parkland or a lot of the students doing their protests and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But also, it would it would have cost the studio more money, or they would be losing money that doing by not putting it out. Yeah, you know what? I I get that. And you know, I cuz uh Green Inferno got pushed back too. Mhm. And so it's, it's probably just 
let's just get it out. Yeah. Get our money and move on. Well, you know, and and it's it's interesting. You know, you you brought up uh, Ghost in the Shell earlier, and what Paramount did with that. I mean, so th- this was what Warner Brothers New Line, uh, something like that. But but I MGM. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they had the lion at the beginning and all that other stuff. But yeah, I I I wonder if because I mean, like they had like commercials and trailers and stuff. But I I wonder if they tried to kind of disavow this movie at some point. Right? Um. Because I, I do know... I don't recall it, it being like as bad as with Ghost in the Shell where yeah. the studio just outright hardly advertised it because there was plenty of TV commercials for Death Wish. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they... they I mean, I, I'm sure ACDC made a whole lot of money because, yeah, Back in Black is in all of those TV spots. You're, you're absolutely right. You could probably thank Iron Man for that. Yeah, no kidding. You know what? I'm okay with that. Be- being a lifelong ACDC fan, I am cool with ACDC being in the public <laughs> consciousness. I, I actually, I mean, I'm totally uh, sidetracking, but I, I, they, for Iron Man 2, they actually put out like a commemorative ACDC version of the soundtrack, and I totally bought it. It's, <laughs> it's got like, it's got like a hardback, like couple page book. It's got like stills from the movie. It's, 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 it's okay, but basically, it's it it's an excuse to get an ACDC greatest hits uh, <laughs> album, and it does not disappoint. It's it's got a good variety of tracks, but I I way way digress. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, so what what it sounds like, you know, just to kind of um, I I guess wrap up is that yeah, it just it just kind of comes down to taste, and this just was not to my taste. Right. I, um, I. I I don't even know, and 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 again, this is you know subjective, and I I didn't think to look up like you know the the Rotten Tomatoes or whatever because I don't oh, really know well, how much of that I, I even care about anymore. I don't remember the number specifically, but it's definitely disproportionate where reviewers hated it, mm-hmm. viewers loved it. Interesting. That that almost sounds like some Last Jedi well, stuff going on. There. I'm curious. <laughs> now I am goddamn curious. Yeah. Now that I brought it up, and I totally apologize for that because, because uh, um, yeah, I was thinking about moving on. But I mean, I mean, one one of the things that that really, I don't know. I, I talked about a lot of stuff that that bothered me, but I guess one of the one of the things that that I couldn't quite shake, and 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 this is a thing in the original as well. So I'm not I'm not trying to, you know. Uh, oh. Go ahead. Seventeen percent critic, eighty percent audience. Yeah. See, whereas again, I think that that doesn't. I I, I saw I saw a movie earlier this year called uh, Winchester. It was about the Winchester Mystery House, and that got like like again a very similar rating. And that movie is not great, but I think I mean I mean. It's it's a competently made film. Uh, Eli Roth is a competent director, you know, in terms of like shot composition and things like that. Um, so I, I, it's not an incompetent movie, if if that makes sense. Um, I I don't even know that it's objectively bad. Uh, I I don't know. It's it, it's it, it's it's a hard one. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess one of the one of the the things I wanted to say also that that I hadn't mentioned yet is that, um, and, and again, it's 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 a thing in the original as well. But I don't necessarily care for that. There's there's no consequences for anybody, you know. There, there, and well, 
and and it kind of gets into you well, know, it was basically like a uh, like an, one of those old west movies where mm-hmm. the the sheriff's just like doesn't run you out of town but it's like all right you you kind of helped me out but you got to go yeah and, and this deaf wish didn't quite get that cuz in the original paul goes to LA or whatever yeah, he actually like leaves and and later on in but the in this movie, but in this movie the sh- uh, detective's like, so I can't remember word for word, but it's basically yeah. like, so you you done doing this? And, he's like, and Wills is like, yeah, it's like okay, yeah. See, and 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 to me, uh, God damn it, I keep bringing up the same thing, but but he Bruce Willis is still so full of Novocaine that he's just you know it's the same delivery as you know like when he decides to do what he does I, I, I'm repeating myself but but yeah just you know just very indifferent indifferent is the word I was looking for he just it, uh, you know are you done are you done being a vigilante yeah yeah I guess yeah uh you know it just I don't know it just it, it just really bothered me I would have liked to have seen somebody more charismatic. Yeah, or, or and you know, or, even, or better range, or even get that from the supporting characters, like you know, Dean Norris as the as the uh, detective seems okay, but I I, w- I guess maybe I would have liked to have seen him me be even more of a foil, you know. Whereas I mean, again, it's it's been a while since I've seen the the original, but I thought that that there's like the the detective character like shows up more has more of an integral I don't th- recall yeah so I, so I'm not gonna stand on that because I don't remember that as well as uh as well as I would like but um the the thing I also wanna wanna kind of say is like the thing that's very interesting about Death Wish is the sequels and oh how the sequels are way more over top than this remake and <laughs> and I love those sequels. Like, like for example, like Death Wish Three, where Charles Bronson is like standing in like a fire escape with an actual like I I don't know what it is, but like a belt fed machine gun, yeah. just mowing down gang members indiscriminately. See, and to me that, that right, and, and he shoots the bad guy with a rocket launcher at almost point blank range. Yes, and comes away without a scratch. Yes, and and he's like you know over seventy years old at that point and all that. But see, I like that because it, it's it's. Uh, it's it to me. It's almost kind of like the slasher movie type of thing. It's like there, there's almost like a wink and a nod, and it's not so grounded and realistic that I can appreciate this type of violence in this world. It's a, it's you know, it's a good action '80s movie, which I, I guess for me, that's what I want in my vigilante movie. I what? want like a John Wick type of type of depiction of, well, of you, gun violence and stuff. Well, you make you make. That sounds interesting. Uh, you you talk about the uh, the Death Wish sequels and how they're mm-hmm. slasher like and whatnot. You, yeah. you were criticizing the remake for being slasher like. Yeah, because I mean, I guess like, does it all just come down to Willis? Because that's what that's kind of what I'm. Or the, it kind of sounds like it. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it. But but I guess I mean to to your point, I guess my where I land on it is pick one, because like Death Wish is you know it, it's it's almost like. Um, you compare like the Rambo movies. You know, you take a look at like First Blood, and then you look at say something like Rambo Three, or, or even the second one. Exactly, yeah. But and and you do the same thing. You look at Death Wish, and then you look at Death Wish Three, and those are two very very so, different movies. But it's uh, it sounds like you wanted this remake, or since it's a remake, uh-huh. to be more like the original than the sequels, right? Or 
go whole hog and have him just be diehard. Right. And you know, jumping off of buildings and machine gunning people, and you know, you do one or the other. I think, I think it's it's for me tonally, it doesn't quite know what it wants to do. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, you nailed it. It's like it, it, it's Bruce Willis for me. That's that's okay. you know that that that's what it comes down to. Now, if you do Bruce Willis in a remake of Death Wish Three, I might be there for that. Okay. <laughs> So, um, so, um, so as, as, uh, as we get ready to close out on this, any, um, any last thoughts or anything that, that we, um, you know, I kind of like trampled over that we may not have covered, um, that, that you'd like to say or, or, or cover with, uh, uh, regards to Death Wish? Uh, don't believe the critics or the ones that are all, this is an NRA wet dream. This is a. This is tone deaf, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, like, just ignore them. Get, give it the old college try. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, make your own. If you're decisions. not, gonna, if you don't buy it, give it a rent, or okay. or when it's free on demand or whatever. <laughs> not, not unlike Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Double feature. You could watch Wonder Woman, and then you can uh, watch a, a Death Wish. <laughs> um, do you do you think there's gonna be a sequel to this? I doubt it. Yeah, I think here. this is just a one and done. I mean, it, it does have an open ending like the original did, but I think that was just because the original to have a similar ending to the original. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, I think at this point I'm gonna fire the music, <laughs> and that will do it for this half of uh, double episode week here on Mike Cyber Radio. I would like to uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to catch any of my past shows, uh, including all of our college radio shows here, or all of my college radio shows here on KGRG, um, like and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, uh, don't be shy about leaving a review. Uh, like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you leave us a review, um, let me know and I will give you a shout out. Uh, double episode week continues um, in just a sh- couple short days. If you happen to be listening to this on Tuesday, the day it comes out um, or Monday or whatever, um, come back on Thursday or in a couple days. And we're going to be talking about Rampage. We're going to be talking about Pacific Rim Uprising and uh, maybe a little Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom as well. Um, as well as whatever else, um, whatever else happens to hit our fancy, um, killing spree. How can folks get a hold of you on the internet? Uh, you can get a hold of me at Twitter at late night def. I should use my Gab account more, but I don't. Gotcha. That's pretty much it. All right, all right, very cool. Uh, you can find me at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can write into the old-fashioned mailbag if you do the email, MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike. I'm Killing Spree. And until next time, make good choices. Or bad ones. Oh, hey, you're still here. 
That's rad. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to shout out our host this week, 89.9 KGRG-FM. Head over to KGRG.com to check out what's new with Today's Rock. It's a non-profit, non-commercial college radio station that is completely managed and staffed by students at Green River College in Auburn, Washington, about 30 miles south of Seattle. Um, all of KGRG's content, including music selection, production, Promotions, specialty programming, and web content are all curated in-house by student DJs and management. This is radio for the kids, by the kids, and it also just happens to be where both Killing Spree and myself, as well as countless others, got our start in broadcasting and still consider it to be home. If you want to be a part of the next generation of broadcasters, registration for summer and fall quarters open soon. Head over to greenriver.edu for more information. And once you're there... Sign up for Journalism 110 and be live on the KGRG airwaves in two weeks. And if you're interested in digital radio and podcasting, check out Journalism 120 with my mentor and award-winning journalist, Charlie Harger, and be a part of Green River's online and AM radio station, KGRG 1, your classic alternative. GreenRiver.edu and KGRG.com for more information. Double episode week continues on Thursday from the KGRG studios with Killing Spree. And we're talking Pacific Rim, Uprising, Rampage, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and more. We'll see you then.